Chapter Eleven of Bunyip Land. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Bunyip Land by George Manville Fenn. Chapter Eleven: How Jack Penny was not satisfied with himself. It was intensely hot when we started again. The heat seeming to be steamy and not a breath of air to fan our cheeks. But we trudged on for a time without adventure, till all at once a butterfly of such lovely colors flashed across our path that it proved too much for Jack Penny, who laid down his gun, snatched off his hat, and went in pursuit. We could not go on and leave him, so we stopped to rest and watch him as he was hopping and bounding along through a tolerably open sunlit part, full of growth of the most dazzling green. Now he neared the insect. Now it dashed off again and led him a tremendous chase, till just as the doctor shouted to him to return, we saw him make a dab down with his hat and then disappear. He has got it, I said, for I could not help feeling interested in the chase. But I felt annoyed again directly as the doctor said coldly, "Yes, he seems to have caught his prize, Joe. But we must defer these sports till our work is done." Just then we saw Jack Penny rise up and turn towards us. To hide my vexation, I shouted to him to make haste, and he began to trot towards us, his long body bending and swaying about as he ran. Then he jumped and jumped again, and the doctor shaded his eyes with his hands. He has got into a swampy patch, he said. Of course, there's a bit of stream runs along there, and ow came in a dismal yell, followed by a furious barking. As we saw Jack make a tremendous jump and then disappear, help! Help! Came from among some dense green growth, and hurrying forward, we at last came in sight of our companion, at least in sight of his head and shoulders. And we could not approach him, for the ground gave way beneath our feet, the bright green moss almost floating upon a treacherous bog. Hold on! Shouted the doctor. We'll help you directly. And taking out his big knife, he began to hack at some small bamboos which grew in thick clumps about us. Make haste, moaned Jack. I'm sinking, and we could see Jip, who was howling furiously, tearing at the soft green moss as if to dig his master out. Give Jimmy knife, said the black, who was grinning and enjoying Jack Penny's predicament. I handed him mine, and he too cut down armfuls of the young green bamboo. The carriers coming up now and helping. When taking a bundle at a time, Jimmy laid them down, dancing lightly over them with his bare feet, and troubling himself very little about danger, as he made a sort of green path right up to Jack. His black fellow pull up, shouted Jimmy, but I ran up to where he was, and each taking one of Jack's hands, he gave a wiggle, floundered a bit, and then we had him out covered with black mud, and though we were standing up, he would not trust himself just then erect. But crept after us on hands and knees, the soft bog beneath us going up and down like a wave. As soon as he was quite safe, there was a hearty laugh at Jack Penny's expense, and the doctor dryly asked for the butterfly. "Oh, I caught him," said Jack. "But I lost him when I trod on that great beast." "What great beast?" I said. "Crocodile, fifty foot long," drawled Jack. "Say sixty," said the doctor. "Well, I hadn't time to measure him," drawled Jack. I trod upon one, and he heaved up, and that made me jump into a soft place. And ugh, what's that? I was very doubtful about Jack's crocodile, but there was no mistake about the object that had made him utter this last cry of disgust. 
"'They're pricking me, horrid!' he shouted, and we found that he had at least twenty large leeches busily at work, banqueting upon his blood. The black set to work picking them off, and scraping him clear of the thick vegetable mud that adhered to him, and with the promise that he was to have a good bathe in the first clear water we encountered, we once more started, Jack looking anything but cheerful, but stubbornly protesting that it was wonderful how comfortable his wet clothes made him feel. Master Jack had to listen to a lecture from the doctor, in which the latter pointed out that, if success was to attend our expedition, it would not do for the various members to be darting off at their good pleasure in search of butterflies, and at first Jack looked very grim, and frowned as if about to resent it all. To my surprise, however, he replied, I see, doctor, we must be like soldiers and mind the captain. Well, all right, I won't do so any more. I'm sure you will not, said the doctor, holding out his hand. You see, we must have discipline in our little corps, so as to be able fully to confide in each other in case of emergency. We must be men. Jack scratched his head and looked ruefully from one to the other. That's just what I want to be, doctor, he drawled. But I'm always doing something that makes me seem like a small boy. I'm grown up a deal, but somehow I don't feel a bit older than I used to be years ago. Ah, well, wait a bit, Penny, replied the doctor, and we will not say any more about the butterfly hunt. Jack's brow seemed to grow as wrinkled as that of an old man, and he was very solemn for the rest of the day, during which we tramped on through the forest, its beauties seeming less attractive than in the freshness of the early morning, and the only striking thing we saw was a pack of small monkeys, which seemed to have taken a special dislike to Jimmy, following him from tree to tree, chattering and shrieking the while, and at last putting the black in a passion and making him throw his boomerang savagely up in return for the nuts that were showered down. "'Bad black fellow,' he said to me indignantly. "'Come down. Jimmy fight twenty-forty all at once.' He flourished his club and showed me how he would clear the ground, but the monkeys did not accept the challenge, and that night we halted under a great tree covered with a scarlet plum-like fruit, and proceeded to set up our tent as a shelter to keep off the heavy dew. End of chapter 11